You're listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media. Thank you as always for joining us. Another big week, Judicial Watch versus the Pelosi Congress on January 6th videos and emails. Uh, You won't believe the secrecy or maybe you will. Plus, I want to talk about the escalation of censorship against not only one famous personality, Joe Rogan, but tens of millions of Americans in the Biden's administration's involvement in that. First up is our big legal battle against the Pelosi Congress, specifically the U.S. Capitol Police that is hiding from the public virtually, well, not virtually, every second of the January 6th videos and Capitol Hill police emails about the events that day. We sued in federal court for the records. They've pushed back. They say they shouldn't have to turn over any records. And they can't even be sued for records. So uh, it's a big legal battle. We filed a brief uh, in court. I think it was the end of last week. We announced it this week. And people are outraged because they see the rank hypocrisy of the Pelosi Congress that is trying to put Americans in jail who object to their overbroad and abusive uh, uh investigation and subpoenas and snooping by the Pelosi rump January 6th committee. And when I say Pelosi rump, I don't mean Pelosi rump. I mean, the rump committee isn't a real legitimate committee. It's composed solely of uh, politicians, whether they be Republican or Democrat, appointed by Nancy Pelosi. So it's this one party committee uh, that's abusing process to investigate and trying to destroy and jail its political enemies and trying to jail them for raising privileges. While at the same time telling Judicial Watch and the American people their privileges that protect them from having to release records about what went on on January 6th. So we filed this brief. There's been a series of briefs filed. We filed the initial lawsuit, which was... um, I don't know when we exactly filed it. Anyway, it was last year, obviously. The uh, lawsuit is proceeding. We asked for the records. They didn't want to turn over the records. They're telling the court they shouldn't have to turn over the records. So we filed an opposition brief and it's called, and I'll read it to you because it tells you how significant the work is. The plaintiff's memorandum, and we're the plaintiff's judicial watch, of uh, points and authorities in opposition to defendant's motion for summary judgment. So they're trying to shut our case down, the defendants, the Capitol Hill police. And in support of our motion, the plaintiff's cross motion for summary judgment. So we think the court should rule immediately, more or less, for judicial watches, right to access on behalf of you, the American people, these records about January 6th. I'll read you the opening part of the brief because I nicely summarizes the nature of the fight. This case concerns whether the public has a right of access to records about what Speaker of the House of the U.S. House of Representatives Nancy Pelosi has described as, quote, one of the darkest days in our nation's history, an attack on our very democracy and an attack on the peaceful transfer of power. Speaker Pelosi has also stated It is imperative that we find the truth of that day, the truth of that day, and ensure that such an assault on our capital and democracy cannot ever happen again. 
to find out the truth about what took place at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th and understand how the defendant, the U.S. Capitol Police, and other government entities responded on that, on that day, Plaintiff Judicial Watch requested access to certain video recordings and communications. Because the U.S. Capitol Police is not subject to the Freedom of Information Act, Plaintiff submitted its request pursuant to the common law right of access, and the U.S. Capitol Police denied our request, and this litigation commenced. That's the story. We're doing the basic investigation, the worst day in American history, according to Nancy Pelosi and her political allies, and they're hiding basic information about how that day transpired. What are we asking for? Email communications between the U.S. Capitol Police, executive team, so the leadership of the police, and the Capitol Police Board, which are all political appointees of Pelosi and company, concerning the security of the Capitol on January 6th. Email communications of the Capitol Police Board with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the U.S. Department of Justice, and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security concerning security on January 6th. And also, and I think many people are very interested in this, all video footage from within the Capitol between 12 p.m. and 9 p.m. on January 6, 2021. And so what has the government said? What has Pelosi's Congress said? They said they can't, we can't even sue them. They're citing sovereign immunity as being a bar to the lawsuit, among other arguments. And what does sovereign immunity mean? It means essentially, and I warn you again, I'm not a lawyer, so this is the uh, Tom Fitton translation of a very complicated legal argument, that sovereign immunity is that you can't sue the government unless the government authorizes you to sue it. And so essentially, just because you think you have a claim doesn't mean there is a claim unless there's a law that allows you to bring the claim. And in the case of Congress, they're suggesting that sovereign immunity means that Congress is not blessed, the Pelosi Congress is not blessed, the ability of Judicial Watch to sue them in federal court under the common law right of public access to government documents. Now, that argument's already been rejected in a prior case that Judicial Watch had filed against Adam Schiff's company over at the Intelligence Committee. Remember, Schiff uh, took the phone records of Rudy Giuliani through a secret subpoena and then published them and included the phone records in that publication of other people that uh, Giuliani was talking to. Outrageous violations of privacy and abuse of power. So we sued for those subpoenas. Now, we couldn't get those subpoenas, but the court essentially ruled, yeah, we have a right to sue. Because the common law right of public, the common law, when I say common law, I'm talking about a right to you that predates the Constitution. That's what the courts talk about it. It's sacrosanct. I mean, you have a right as a, as a citizen to review records that the government produces. So we talk about FOIA. Well, FOIA is a specific law that allows access to executive agency records. That doesn't mean everything that Congress does is exempt from being produced to the public, especially the police department of Congress. It's not like we're asking to go into a congressman's office and rifle around his files. We have a right to these records. And so we push back on that because, as I said, sovereign immunity is not a bar to this lawsuit. So they've got this arrogance that they can do whatever they want, and we can't ask them any questions about it. 
at least any questions that a federal court would enforce, require them to answer. This is how the courts have described the common law right of public access. The Supreme Court is unequivocal, by the way, in stating that there is a federal common law right of access to inspect and copy public records and documents. The general rule is that all three branches of government, legislative, executive, and judicial, are subject to this common law right. The right of access is, quote, a precious common law right that predates the Constitution itself. So we are vindicating the fundamental civil rights of American citizens in requesting these records and pursuing them in federal court. The Court of Appeals, for instance, here in the District of Columbia, has recognized that openness in government has always been thought crucial to ensuring that the people remain in control of their government. Neither our, neither our elected nor our appointed representatives may abridge the free flow of information simply to protect their own activities from public scrutiny. An official policy of secrecy must be purported, supported by some legitimate justification that serves the interests of the public office. So what is being, uh, what interest is being protected in hiding all these records from us? There's a political interest but obviously that can't be a lawful reason, in my view, for holding these records up. And this is what the Supreme Court has said about the Freedom of Information Act, which is you know, similar to uh, the common law right of public access. As I said, that's a federal statute that kind of uh, enshrines that right in federal law in some respects. The court has made clear that citizens knowing what their government is up to is a structural necessity, necessity in a real democracy. So when you hear them say there was an attack on democracy, you should know that they are undermining democracy, the left is, that is controlling Congress, in asserting that the American people have no right to know what the police force that protects our elected representatives on the Hill are up to. So this is, the fight, this is the fight we're in. But it's even worse than that. Because what they are saying is that even if, even if Judicial Watch in theory can sue for these records, these are not public records. They're saying these videos aren't public records. They're saying these emails aren't the type of public records that should be uh, covered by law here. And on top of that, they're saying there's no public interest in the release of these records that would justify um, overcoming the objections that Congress has to the release of these records. So this is the battle we're in. The Pelosi Congress and its police department is telling a federal court it is immune from all transparency under law and is trying to hide every second of its January 6th videos and obviously countless emails. And of course, the hypocrisy, as I said earlier, is rich as Congress is trying to jail witnesses and citizens who are citing privileges and objecting to providing documents to the Pelosi-Rump January 6th committee. So they're 
Congress says, well, you, you, you're, you're raising a privilege. We're going to jail you because you have no right to raise it. But we ask for records and they say, we can't have them because we have a privilege. And I can say with some certainty that this lawsuit uh, highlights how, that Judicial Watch, when it comes to investigating January 6th, Judicial Watch, practically speaking, is the only game in town. Because this isn't the only federal lawsuit we've had or the only lawsuit generally we have. We have other investigations going on about records between the executive branch, uh, military, and Congress. We've gotten records, you may recall, about the shooting death of Ashley Babbitt from the capital, uh, from the U.S., uh, 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 the, the D.C. police, excuse me, that showed that the shooting death of Babbitt was, there was no good reason to kill her. And that shooting was just a horrible tragedy in the least and should have been uh, pursued uh, aggressively both criminally and administratively against Lieutenant Byrd who fired that weapon. Judicial Watch. I mean, that was the only person who was uh, the victim of a homicide that day. And Judicial Watch was the only one who got the records about what actually happened in terms of the investigation. Well, what is going on in this city? I'm happy to do that. I'm glad we're, we're able to do that. I'm glad you give us the support to allow us to do that type of litigation. But what is going on in this city that the shooting death on January 6th of Ashley Babbitt, the investigation and litigation about what happened is left to one little nonprofit. I know we're not that little, but a nonprofit judicial watch. I mean, it speaks volumes about Judicial Watch's power, but it also speaks volumes about the corruption here in Washington, D.C., that they would prefer to cover that up. And we had to file a lawsuit to get access to that information. We're also asking about communications between Pelosi and General Milley. Remember, they were conniving with each other uh, and talking to each other about undermining the president's at least the conversation itself undermined the president's uh, uh, chain of command. Because Pelosi called Millie to ask about how the nuke weapons are checked, I mean, or controlled. She had no business doing that. Millie had no business talking to her. We got records about the, the death of Officer Sicknick, who uh, the media falsely said was killed by rioters, he wasn't, he died the next day. We forced the release of that information through our litigation. So Judicial Watch is doing, once again, all the heavy lifting on this important public policy debate. And of course, one of the reasons they don't want to turn records over to us, certainly in this case that we're talking about on January 6th, is because what January this January 6th Pelosi Rump Committee is about, it's about protecting Nancy Pelosi because she was in charge of security on the Hill through her appointees, and she was ultimately responsible. And we all know there was no security, despite the fact they knew there was gonna be tens of thousands of people marching past. So she's not under investigation by her own committee, obviously. So it's up to Judicial Watch to do some basic investigative legwork. And we're willing to go to federal court over it. 
So it's a big deal. Because as you, you also know, they're trying to use January 6th to target all their political opponents, try to jail President Trump. They're now investigating people who had the uh, uh, in the states who wanted alternative electors because they disputed the processes that led to uh, uh, Biden's winning in certain states. All of this is part of our constitutional and federal system that allows that type of activity to go on. Now they're thinking all of that is a crime. It's a crime for you to object under law to federal uh, to to the outcome of a presidential election. This is what the January 6th committee is up to in league with the Justice Department. So the January 6th committee isn't about January 6th. It's about knocking back their political opposition, potentially jailing them, intimidating them, so that they're able to retain, obtain, and increase power. That's what it's about. And it's the worst corruption from Congress I've ever seen. And uh, I'm pleased that we're able to pursue these lawsuits and you can bet more is coming. So uh, before I go, I want to also talk about this other big issue, uh, because Judicial Watch has been victimized by uh, the government in this regard. It's the is what I'm calling the Great Suppression, which is the effort of government and big tech and media and other politicians in Congress and elsewhere to suppress the free speech rights of American citizens who object or or just, just want to talk about issues in a way that the left doesn't like. You've seen it with COVID. You've seen it with elections. You've seen it with uh, Hunter Biden, most famously, where they were suppressing information about Hunter Biden to protect Joe Biden. And now with Joe Biden in the White House, uh, we have Joe Biden and his administration out there specifically pressuring companies and big tech to censor the thoughts and posts of tens of millions of Americans. You, I'm sure, have followed this whole uh, conflagration created by the left with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is, uh, if if you don't know who he is, he's a famous podcaster. So he has essentially an interview show that appears on Spotify, which is a foreign uh, foreign company uh, that makes podcasts and music available. So he's very popular. He has tens of millions of listeners every week and viewers. And uh, Joe Rogan does something that's very dangerous from the left's perspective. He raises questions about government COVID policies. He has guests who know what they're talking about raise questions about um, the big government policies related to COVID and the COVID vaccines. And they have alternative views, expert views. And that's the worst type of um, uh, speech for the left. People who know what they're talking about objecting to their abuses of power. So you had these leftists, quote, scientists, pressure Spotify uh, to censor him. Then you had musicians, who I thought were all in favor of peace, love, and understanding and free speech, uh, wanting to take their music off of Spotify in order to pressure Spotify to uh, censor Joe Rogan. Now, Spotify uh, caved. They said they're not censoring Joe Rogan, but they're going to van what I call label his 
uh, his and other broadcasts that talk about COVID-19, evidently. I call it vandalize uh, his uh, episodes and the episodes of other creators on Spotify uh, with a label saying, you know, to, to see COVID-19 information, go to this uh, go to this hub, which, of course, will have government approved speech. So when you label something in a way that suggests it's false, to me, it's outrageous, outrageous that it's happening. It's suppressive. And as I call it, you're vandalizing other people's content in order to kowtow to the left. But that's not enough for the left. They want him to be completely censored. And President Biden's spokesman, Jen Psaki, the other day said more needs to be done. So you have the president of the United States through his spokesman pressuring private companies to censor the free speech rights of Americans. That's in violation of the U.S. Constitution, as far as I can see it, and violation of federal law. It's illegal. I hope Rogan sues them all. And of course, people like Judicial Watch get caught up in that because every time I mention COVID-19, Facebook vandalizes our page, suppresses our content, no matter what I'm saying. And we've been victimized before. We've had our material deleted by YouTube at the request of California state officials after we highlighted their failure to clean up the rolls in California that required them to settle with us, L.A. County. Secretary of State's office sent emails and we're communicating with YouTube. Take down this Tom Fitton Judicial Watch video raising concerns about vote by mail by highlighting how California's lists were filthy. And we've got these fake fact checkers harassing conservative content creators all over the internet that Facebook and other entities are using as an excuse to suppress content using fact checks, which are nothing more than opinion checks. They're partisan, juvenile, ideological, and dishonest. Twitter locked me out after I posted a tweet that was perfectly accurate about a drug. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say the name of the drug. That's how crazy things are. Chinese communist-controlled TikTok just banned me for violating their rules. They didn't tell me what rules I violated or what the content was that was problematic. And I say Chinese communist-controlled TikTok, but it's they, they're no better or no worse than our own companies here in the United States. I've never seen anything like it to have the federal government pressuring private entities to suppress the free speech of Americans. I've never seen anything like it. Reuters had a story today or, or this week promoting censorship of people who didn't want to play ball on the, on the COVID craziness. And they confirmed that the White House was meeting with big tech to pressure them to censor. So there's the proof. It's happening. So we have this, and that's why I'm calling it the Great Suppression. We're in the middle of it. And we have to fight back. And how do you fight back? By increasing the amount of speech on the platforms that are even oppressive and by going to other platforms and speaking as well. And that's what Judicial Watch is trying to do. We're not leaving Facebook. We're not leaving Twitter. We're not leaving Instagram, YouTube. At least we're not leaving voluntarily. 
because we know that's where people are and we're going to talk to them there. We're not going to be driven from the Internet public square by the left wing communists that want to do that. And yes, we are going to be in other places that are newer, like Telegram, like Parler, like Getter, like uh, President Trump is coming up a new one. What's the name of the new? Truth Social is his new platform. So we'll be there. We're going to be everywhere. And I encourage you to follow us everywhere. And in case they throw us off and others off, I mean, I see Dan Bongino, our friend, was knocked off of YouTube for some fraudulent reason. You should keep in contact with us directly. Go to our website right now, judicialwatch.org. Click on the button that makes the most sense. I'm not sure what button you you click on. Our marketing people are going to be going crazy. Tom, you're telling people to go to the website and not telling them what to do. Anyway, just share your email with us. Share your mailing address with us. I mean, it may be, I may be typing out letters here to you if the commies have their way. And I don't think they will. But in the meantime, it's going to be a close run thing in terms of free speech, which is under attack now like it's never been. So forgive the rant, but we all should be concerned about it. And I suspect more than many other public policy issues, you probably face this censorship. You've had to police your own speech online as well. So I know this is something that touches a lot of people other than, you know, big social media influencers like like me at Judicial Watch. I mean, they hate me on Twitter. I mean, go go look at my tweets and see the response the left has. They attack me personally. They make fun of my physical appearance. I mean, they're crazed. They hate information. They hate the truth. Which makes me want to post more material, right? And so I encourage you to take the same approach. So with that, I wish you um, a good week, and I'll see you here next time on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. Thanks for listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. For more information, visit www.judicialwatch.org, because no one is above the law.